Hi, I'm K.S. Garner, and you're listening to the Solo Nerd Podcast. Today, I'll be speaking with one of the creators and writers behind a comic series, Worthy Chaos, Carissa Grant, here to promote the launch of Issue 6. Welcome, Carissa. Hi, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Well, thank you for joining us here today. But outside my introduction, who is Carissa Grant in her own words? I am a role player that got uh, obsessed with a story and now turned it into a comic book. (laughs) What kind of role playing do you do? Do you do like Dungeons and Dragons role playing? Do you do like a LARP or? So it's kind of like uh, both of those put together, but it's all written. So uh, I uh, role played as Claire Redfield for 15 years, uh, which means I pretty much go online and I, I write. Uh, like a paragraph or something and then somebody writes it back and you kind of go back and forth um and then with this one it was a different character um i rp'd as seraphina which is the main character uh she's an angel descendant supernatural hunter and i role played her for two years uh with my co-writer uh jessica and we wrote uh pretty much um over 11 novels worth of writing um yeah, we're still writing, but last maybe a couple of weeks ago, we just passed the one million words written in a story. <laughs> so we kind of got a little carried away. Um, so this series is uh, five of those novels. So it's about 45 to 50 issues already written for, that completes series one. So it's a, it's a somewhat long series. Yeah. Okay, so what is the Worthy Chaos series actually about? And what should new and returning readers expect in this new issue? So the story is, uh, for people that know it, it's like Buffy the Vampire Slayer meets Supernatural and Silent Hill and the Resident Evil world. And it's kind of like Romeo and Juliet in Hell, but not like a romance kind of thing. But these two characters are soulmates and uh, they don't remember each other in each life. And in this life... um, they uh, meet up in as teenagers and they were planning to run away together. Uh, and on the night they were planning to run away together, her brother became possessed by a demon and actually killed her parents. And she walked in on them killing her parents and she called Draven, which is the other character, and told him not to come to the house. And of course, the first thing he did was come to the house. He came in the front door. She jumped out the back window and he slipped on her blood and called her name. She turned around to go back and get hit by a car and was put in a coma for several months and he was arrested for her murder so for 10 years they were separated thinking the other one was dead he trained as a as an assassin and she trained as a supernatural hunter to get revenge on her brother for for taking away draven 10 years later angels and demons uh finally found them when they got close together and they tricked them into being in a town and then merged that town with hell so pretty much it's them trying to survive through all these supernatural creatures like hellhounds and zombies and zombie mermans and Anubis and ghosts and everything you could possibly think of. And um, their fathers, uh, Draven's is a demon and hers is an angel, are after her because she was created from an angelic weapon that holds the power of souls. And if they can get it from her, they can tip the scale in either heaven or hell's favor. Uh, My poor two characters don't know anything about this. Uh, They're just trying to survive against everything their parents throw at them. Um, and, uh, these, so issue six is pretty much a a mini conclusion because four, five, and six introduced our vampires, the clotters. Now they're a little, they're a little bit more ruthless than regular vampires because 
They have clotted blood. Their heart beats every six hours, which is just enough to keep off rigor mortis. So their blood is thicker and it requires more, which means they have to feed directly from a human. uh, You can't feed from a bag. You can't feed from animals. And because of that, and the fact that the vampires, when they're turned, still have their consciousness, they have to kill a human purposely to survive. If they don't, they start to decompose as a zombie. So when you turn a human, if they won't feed, they decompose, and the species to survive decided to turn only the most ruthless people so that their species can keep going. So you've got these serial killers, sociopaths, anything that they can get their hands on. And not only that, if they bite you or taste your blood, they can track you anywhere you go like a homing beacon. And if uh, you kill one of their kind, the entire nest will track you down and kill you out of revenge. So in six, they're on their hunt because Seraphina and Raven need to kill those vampires before they come hunt her. So that's what the six is the conclusion of all of that. Um, and issue seven comes out August, um, uh, October 3rd, which would come to the conclusion of all seven of those. Not conclusion per se, it continues, but it tells you what's going on in the town and why it's merging and why they want her and stuff. So there are a lot of answers. So this is a seven issue arc just for book one. Um, and so you've got that. It's nonstop action, but you also have like the character bonding together and, and as they grow and they trust each other and, you, and you've got that going on for them. Um, but uh, it's, uh, and, and what I want to say the most important thing is the story is um, usually when you have co-writers, you know, you guys work on the stories together and all that stuff. For us, um, we actually only write our own characters because we're role players. So everything you read about Serafina, her actions, her thoughts, her uh, voice, everything is something I write. And everything that Draven says or does or thinks is what my co-writer writes. So you have two completely different personalities that you're reading on the, you know, while you're reading it. So it's, it makes it a little bit your, more unique and a little bit more different. And uh, it helps to portray the two different personalities that you've got going on. Yeah, I think it helps maintain the, the personalities too. So it's like having one writer, it kind of muddles up everything because you kind of get confused especially with all these working parts that you have in worthy chaos just in this in book one itself so i think having a co-writer who writes this one character and then you write the other character and then you come together in the scene i think actually helps and so sometimes it doesn't but in i think in this instance it does actually work um But can you just elaborate a little bit more on your creative process on Worthy Chaos as a whole? So it's it's just a thought in your head, you're role-playing, and then now you want to bring it onto the page. So how did that come about to now? So I had one small story idea about the angelic weapon. I held on to this story for like 11 years, and I held on to it. And then when I found my co-writer, I said, okay, this is the story I have. It's about you know, a girl that's been separated from her, you know, uh, her soulmate for 10 years and she's got this weapon and she doesn't know it's a weapon and blah, blah. So what I do is I will, I sent her a seven, uh, a 4,000 word reply. So a chapter. So that's the starter. So what happens is, is I'll send a chapter and then she will do her character's point of view on that story, you know, on that chapter. So if I write that they go into town and uh, they encounter a ghost and she drags them, you know, behind the fence and they fight and blah, blah, blah. So she will write back 
Draven's thoughts and what he was, you know, doing during that time. And also, um, my character will talk to him and he'll answer in his, you know, when, when she writes back. So I won't even know what her character says until I get her back her reply. So it's it's kind of like, think about it as somebody writes a chapter and you know how usually when you read a book, you, you, you see that one character's point of view during mm -hmm. that chapter. Well, this is, um, the, my co-writer goes back and writes the entire chapter over again, but in her character's point of view. So you have two chapters of the same person. And then as a comic book, I just merge them, you know, um, so obviously it makes more sense. So uh, it sounds very complicating, uh, very complicated, but uh, you get used to it. It's something that I've been doing for about 17, almost 18 years now. Um, and I'm dyslexic. So when I first started writing, it was like a one liner. Uh, I would literally write one sentence you know, Claire rushes up the zombies and what does what I don't even I can't even tell you how hard I I, I don't even understand how one lining works anymore because it's been so long. But um, I worked as a one liner then I went to para and then I went to multi pair. And now I could do 6000 words in one sitting. So um, I obviously increased <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, but uh, yeah, it sounds complicated, but it's super fun because she has no idea what I'm writing when I write it like we'll talk mm -hmm. about ideas about a general direction I'll go in and half the time I honestly don't even know what I'm writing until I sit down I'm just <laughs> like I'm gonna sit down I'm gonna write it and and sometimes when I stop and I send it to her she's like well that, I can't wait to see what happens next and I was like me too like I have no <laughs> idea what's gonna happen next like two or three weeks ago I woke up from a dream and I was like that would be the perfect ending to our sequel um of our our, our, our spinoff and I wrote like an eight thousand word reply you know for the ending um so we actually have two we have technically three series but this one is uh redemption we're the chaos redemption which is the you know the five books and then we have a spin-off which is a what if what if they didn't what if they got to run away that time you know instead mm -hmm. of being separated for 10 years which started as a joke because i had a dream about them and then I felt we felt guilty that they were separated for the 10 years because mm -hmm. we're like, they really love each other. And we took them apart, you know, took them away and blah, blah, blah. So we decided to separate them, but uh, we wrote that they didn't. So now you have these two teenagers on the run with no assassin skills, no supernatural skills and no idea that anything supernatural exists. Um, and it turned out to be this amazing story of these two teenagers, not only bonding, but growing, you know, and learning to fight on their own and, and all this stuff. And now we have 45 issues of that, you know, finished. Um, oh, Lord. But, yeah. So we, are, we have like 100 issues written for this story. Um, so this, it's quite long. But uh, I'm hoping to release the spinoff eventually if this, if this does well. Um, but comic books, as you may or may not know, are extremely expensive <laughs> to make. Yeah. So, and I just jumped into this without any knowledge whatsoever. I've only been doing this seven months at this point. Um, just about oh. eight months. And uh, I still don't know what I'm doing. Um, fortunately, I have a large support group with other creative, you know, other uh, indie creators, and they're helping me, <laughs> you know, to get my story out there, to get the Kickstarter um, shared. And so far, it's been going really well. But unlike most indie creators who do maybe two to three stories a year, I'm doing six to eight. So it's it's a little bit different it's a lot more expensive but um it's already written so it's faster 
Yeah. Um, I already know how it ends. I already know how it goes. So we kind of, and my artist is super fast. So Jonas DaCosta is part of the team. And um, this is his first paid job. So I don't know if you saw the art or the art, you see the art behind me, but he's absolutely phenomenal. And I got super lucky to, you know, have him as an artist because he's not just uh, a paid artist. You know, he's part of the team. He gets really invested in the story. Uh, he went away for 30 days and like halfway through, he's like, I miss, you know, drawing the story and, and I can't wait to get back to it. So he's into it as much as, as maybe not as much as we are, but we're completely, utterly obsessed, but um, he's right there with us and it helps that he, you know, that he does that, but he's super fast. He, he sends me sketches every day, which is Monday through Friday, which is absolutely phenomenal. Um, so we, I kind of have to keep up with him. <laughs> so um it's it's my my wallet doesn't like it but i love it because i'm always <laughs> i always want more i'm like give me more pages i just i just want more uh -huh. um and these seven are book one so like i'm super excited to get these done because then i'm going to put them into a graphic novel and release it in january um so i'm i'm, I'm super excited to see it and we're, we're trying to do a hardcover which i think would look phenomenal mm -hmm. um so it's going to be like, it's going to be 222 pages. <laughs> so wow. it is no joke in the graphic novel department. Um, but yeah, we're super excited about it. And the story has so many twists and turns and, you know, it looks like a normal survival, two humans trying to survive, but they're, they're not. There's a lot of, you know, she's an angel descendant, he's a demon descendant. And there's a lot of gears in the works that, that, you know, that we don't even know about yet. And we won't know for a while. Um, but uh, so the five books are a continual story, but they're in different locations. So that's why they're separated in books. So like one through seven is in town, you know, it's town merging with hell. And then at the end of seven, they go into a haunted asylum and they get trapped in there. And now, so book two is them trying to get out of this haunted asylum with these ghosts and these zombies and, and these giant salamanders on the ceiling that are attacking them. And and then in book three, they're in a town completely infested with uh, zombies. Um, it's 10 issues of them trying to fight with other two other survivors as they try to get out of this town. And then four and five is they're trapped on like a hell island. Um, and uh, there's a lot, a lot going on there. So, so it's one whole story, but uh, it's all, it's all together. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Well, while working on issues one through six of Worthy Chaos, um, and then you said seven is coming out later in October. Um, well, for one through six, did you notice any changes developing from issue to issue, um, like your writing style or uh, your, your partner's writing style or um, how the series was developing differently than when you first started? So, you know, all those years ago? So actually, yeah, because... In the original novel, the fathers weren't present. Um, we knew about them and we knew what they were doing, but we didn't write them in because we knew they were there. Um, but while I'm writing the comic book, I'm like, well, <laughs> nobody else knows <laughs> that they're there. And they have no other way to tell people that they're not humans. You know, it's an angel and a demon. So I actually added the, the fathers in. So they're on the rooftops telling, you know, showing you what's happening and kind of telling you what they're about to do or what they did and they get to banter back and forth so I absolutely love them uh the other thing was I actually added in Anubis way more uh Anubis was originally in issue two and he really wasn't in anything else but not only did I love seeing him on the page I mean he's got such 
immense personality, this, you know, Egyptian God, um, everyone loved him. Everyone loved him. Um, I have my, my plushie Anubis, um, oh. is my emotional support plushie. Um, but, um, he became such a, an important character to the story that now he's in the entire series. Like he's in every issue. He actually fuels the plot. Uh, he now has uh, a hellhound for a pet that he was playing fetch with in issue four. Um, and it actually changes a little bit of the story because now they're using the hellhound against him um, because the father is actually controlling Anubis with a remote control. So he's not a bad, you know, God, but um, he's being controlled. And when he gets this hellhound that he feels protective over, it starts to make him fight against the remote, you know, but then they start using the hellhound against him saying, well, if you don't do what we tell you to, we're just going to kill your hellhound. So um, it became a, per, a per, uh, you know, a part of the story. So the hellhound wasn't even in um, this series. It was in the spinoff. And I just randomly added him to this one. I was like, I just really like him in there. Uh, so yeah, it, they have been developing a lot more. Uh, and I kind of like the route that it, you know, that's taking. And I love seeing the pages. And uh, I'm so glad I added the characters that I did. I think it made the story ten times better. Um, and I already thought it was amazing, so <laughs> I'm biased. But um, you know, I just get to see that, especially the the personality of Anubis when he's playing fetch with this. He didn't mean to, you know. The Hellhound brought him a stick and he threw it, and the Hellhound brought it back and he threw it again. And he was playing now the the now the hellhound follows him around in pages with a stick in his mouth waiting to play you know fetch um which is just kind of cool to see but uh yeah seeing that kind of personality that i didn't have before i i actually really like it so yeah it's it's growing as it goes and i think it's only getting better so mm -hmm. i like that yeah well how was it working with your collaborators? I know, like you know, your co-writer is you know is just right. Just is your is your co-writer, and then Jonas is the artist for the comments. So, like, how was it working with them, and how did you find them and know that they were the right people to work with? So that's a good question because I held on to this idea of this angelic weapon for eleven years, and I wrote with some amazing writers while I was role playing. And um, they all wanted the story, but I was like, no, 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 I, I'm just, I'm holding it. And I didn't even know who I was holding it for. And then the day after I met Jessica, I was like, do you want this role that I've been holding for 11 years? And she's like, I don't take roles. And yes, I do. So we, I sent her the, I sent her it. And it was like instantaneous obsession. Like the second she got the, the start, she's like, that is the best thing I've ever read. Um, it's probably not by the way, but she loved it. And uh, she wrote back and I was like, holy crap, you are you know, meant to write the story. And it was so funny because she kept calling it my role, you know, for the longest time. And I was like, no, Draven is you. Like you are, Draven's your personality. You know, he has, uh, you're writing him, he's you. And it took like a while, I would say a couple of months before she's kind of like, oh, this is, this is my character. I was born to do this. And um, I just got so lucky that she just embodied the role. Like she just totally took it over and it, it just worked out so amazing. And Jonas, now I love Jonas and I highly recommend him to anybody, except I don't want to lose him, but I do recommend him to anybody. Um, when he first started, um, I was so exhausted. I had an issue one artist who screwed me over, stole three grand for me. Um, I tried to fix it for two grand. It didn't work out. So I had to redo one. It took me months to find him and a lot of money, like a lot of money. So by the time I came to the point where I was like exhausted looking for artists, 
I had posted my story and said, if anyone wants to post, uh, if anyone wants to hand in a free test page, um, I'll pay you for it if I select it. And then I'll hire you for like, you know, a whole series. So I had five people working on it. And he came to me and he's like, are you still accepting, you know, commissions? And I said, well, this is what I'll, which is what I'll do. If you want to hand in one now for free, I'll look at it right away. If you, um, if you want to wait till I look at those, if I don't choose one of them, I'll pay you for a page and then we'll go from there. He's like, nope, I'll hand in a free one. He handed in the free one and it was like, I can't even tell you how perfect it was. Like out of all the months and all the artists, he's the only one that had the character that looked like how I pictured it in my head. I was like, you're hired. So I paid the other ones to go away. And when we first started working on it, we started working on issue two. And I don't want to make it sound like he's difficult to work with because he's definitely not. But we butt heads because he's never worked on a comic and I've never worked with someone of his skill. So I didn't understand what he was doing. I was like, you're not following the script. You're doing all these panels and blah, blah, blah. And, and I, wasn't ex I wasn't realizing what he was trying to do. And um, I finally realized that I had to back off and uh, make my pages less panels for him so he can do his magic, you know? So I cut my panels from six to seven down to three to four and it worked like a charm. And since then it's been like smooth sailing. He'll take those three to four panels and turn it into like eight to nine of action and whatever. All the panel work you see is all him. Like he's just phenomenal. And he tells the best story with my, my simple, you know, explanations. And I got really lucky there. So we actually work amazing. Jessica and I have always worked amazing. Um, we're, we're always on the same page. We always are like, come up with the best ideas. I mean, we, we're each other's muse, you know, we're just like, oh, we got to do this idea or, or we have to absolutely do this idea. And it was just perfect the way it happened. So I'm extremely lucky, which makes me panic all the time because without one of them, I'm like screwed. Like I need them both there at all times. And, and it's very difficult to do anything without them. Mm -hmm. So I'm very lucky that I have this team and they better stick around because I'll, I'll kill them both if they don't <laughs> so lock them in my basement till they, till they agree. But yeah. Yeah. Well, outside of working on worldly chaos, like you all pretty much have this on lock, but outside of that, how well do you find balance for your life and how do you typically manage your mental well-being when you become stressed, frustrated, or overwhelmed? Um, huh. So I mostly become stressed during Kickstarters, you know, um, because, you know, the backer count goes up, backer count goes down, you know, whatever, uh, trying to get the story out there, I think is the most stressful. So ironically, whenever I get stressed, I will pretty much write the story. <laughs> so the only thing that calms me down is either writing, reading, working on scripts, whatever is story related, it calms me down because I also run my own business. Um, so I have that all the time. And then I have this all the time. Um, so it's it's all all the time. Like it's always doing something either business related or you know, comic book related. So it does, it does get stressful. But um the story itself, man, it just completely calms me down. Um, so if I do get stressed, I either read a reply from her or I read one of the comic books or I think about a new story or I write a new story. So as stressful as the comic book is, which I did not see coming. I was like, oh, how are we going to be? Um, I was wrong. It's incredibly hard. But um, <laughs> as stressful as it is, it's also the most incredibly satisfying. Like when I get, you know, a comic in my hand 
it's just like the most amazing thing to be like, I made this, you know, I'm, I'm getting to, to see my story come to life. And sometimes I'm, I'm like, oh, it's a story anyone can do. And then I look at it. I'm like, this is, this is actually really cool. <laughs> so it goes, it goes back and forth. It's an incredibly awesome thing to do. Um, even though it's incredibly expensive, it's absolutely worth it. And I'm really hoping to do all of it. I've been told by publishers that uh, I'll never get them all made. And, and um, I said, it's too long and blah, blah, blah. But I think we'll get there. I think, I think uh, we can get a loyal fan, but everyone that reads it fortunately loves it. Uh, I have very loyal readers. Um, the only tricky part is that it's obviously expensive mm -hmm. and our, our campaigns are pretty much every other month, which I know gets incredibly expensive. Um, so that's the only thing I'm worried about having them so close together. No other indie creator that I know, I'm sure they're out there, but none that I personally know do that every other month. My, my Kickstarter ends four weeks later, I have another one. Um, and the only time I'm taking a break is for the holidays, uh, issue seven will end on Halloween. And then I gave everyone this the holidays off. So they don't have to put up with me again until January 23rd, when book two is released and, uh, we start all over again. So yay. <laughs> I mean, you still, I mean, you're still learning. So, I mean, yeah. right now it's all, you know, a month apart from each other or every other month, which is fine, but then you'll have that break where you, you know, everybody can take a breather and then possibly reassess how we're going to do book two in a, yeah. in the upcoming year. So, I mean, you're on the, you're on the right track right now. It, this seems to be working. And like I said, you, you know, that break will allow you time to reassess and work out the kinks before you go back into book two. So don't be too hard on yourself. You're, <laughs> still, you're still learning. You just started seven months ago. Yeah, man. It feels like forever. Feels like forever. It My does. friend called it a year. She was on uh, an interview. She goes, "Oh, she's been doing this for a year," and I was like, "No, it only feels like a year. It's only been seven months." Um, but yeah, it's it's getting there. Mm -hmm. But yeah, it's it's a learning it's a learning curve. Definitely a learning curve. Yeah. So. Um, is there anything else you want to touch on about Worthy Chaos that we may have missed as a whole? I mean, the, maybe the uh, rewards for potential backers or anything like that. Um, yes. We have a lot of rewards, mm -hmm. a lot of unique things. I have been called the queen of merch. I love, love merch. Everyone makes fun of me. They're like, why do you buy so much merch? And I, all I say is that I wanted it and selling it makes me it tax deductible. So I have tons of merch. So I have plushies galore. I have the um, Anubis plushie. I have, you know, my demon plushies that are add-ons. I have skeleton birds that are from issue three. I have um, my plushie merman, which is from issue two. Uh, we have pillows. We have gold-plated Anubis coins. We have stickers. We have uh, handmade clay statues. We have 3D printed statues. Uh, we have it all. <laughs> Um, and I will say we're one of the few campaigns that actually have an issue one always for a tier. So if you're new coming in and you just want a taste of it, you can get issue one as a PDF or issue one as uh, a print. And that's all you have to get. And then uh, we have all the add-ons, all the, um, we have all the back issues and any var variants available always in the back uh, add-ons. So make sure to check all the add-ons and um 
we have uh, usually two variant covers. We don't like to do too many because we want to give it this collectors out there. I don't want them to go broke trying to get like 50, you know, covers. So we always have three. Uh, we always have a tier that, that has at least the three covers too. Um, but yeah, you can, you, we have ketchup tiers in both PDFs and print, which seems to be the most popular. Like this time we had like 51 new people for the last campaign, which was awesome. Um, and uh, we're hoping to obviously bring in tons more, but, uh, yeah, we have metal covers. We have metal trading cards. So definitely check the add-ons. A lot of people might skip those, but we have awesome, awesome stuff back there. Mm -hmm. um, we also have, uh, if anyone wants to join our Twitter, we're at uh, worthy underscore chaos. We have 5.3 thousand followers. We have a worthy chaos uh, Facebook group. If anyone wants to join the Facebook group, um, we have about 650 members in there. We just started a couple weeks ago and uh, we always like, we'll, show people pages and covers that we're working on and rewards and everything and uh also the best way to find us on kickstarter there's links all the all over the place but if you just go to kickstarter and search worthy chaos we're the only thing that pops up so you get to see like past campaigns the present campaign and all that stuff and if you do come in if you watch this video and there's no campaign there we're probably in pre-launch and if we're not then just wait 24 hours and we usually are so we're almost always on Kickstarter um, and we're, we're really hoping to uh, obviously grow I and mean, like everyone else wants to grow. So mm -hmm. uh, definitely, uh, you know, add us, follow us and do all that, that fun stuff. Yeah. Well, you already mentioned where people can find you online, but um, are you attending any cons this year as a vendor or maybe as a panelist or you're just uh, going to peruse and like, hey, I'm going to be here, you know, let's say hi. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be at CreepyCon in Knoxville, um, which might be after, before, after this, I think it's right after this. So you're seeing this on the 15th or after, I think it's like the 26th. And then I'm in the Smoking Mountains in, I think, I think this horror show is September 9th. Uh, and then I tried to attend any con in Tennessee. I know Tennessee's huge, so I shouldn't probably say that, but any of the middle or East Tennessee, uh, Nashville, Knoxville, all of those I like to go to. And I love to talk to other indie creators. Like I, I'm hardly at my table. So if you go to my table and I'm not there, I'm at somebody else's table. Um, but I'm generally, I like to attend them. I don't like cons as much as other people do. I, I kind of go just to talk to people. Mm -hmm. um, I don't like calling people over to my table, even though I'm a loud Italian. Um, but, uh, generally I just, I love to talk to other creators and, and get to know fans and fans like to come out and see me and, and all that stuff. So it is fun to go to them, but I, it's so much more fun to attend them than it is to have a table. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um, there's a, I don't know, have you heard of literary ink? Um, it's a, it's a tattoo convention in, I think they have it in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, but it's supposed to be like, a tattoo convention that's based off of literary works. First, it, I mean, it was initially Harry Potter, but then they expanded to just literary works in general. So obviously it's a tattoo convention, but then they have like panelists there and people um, have booths to sell their books and whatever other stuff they wanted to sell there. So, I mean, if, if you're not really familiar with working a con as far as being a vendor i would highly recommend you share a booth with somebody um so you don't you can split the cost it won't be so expensive and um it you get your money back 
quicker than if you had a table by yourself um or he just wanted to go and just look you know and see what everything was about before you wanted to pay money i, I so. definitely want to look that up because i also have a running not a joke per se but i don't have any tattoos but i i want one of the logo but i'm a wuss so the thing is if i ever get 500 backers i'm gonna film myself getting the logo tattooed on me um for like a campaign thing and people get to vote on what it says underneath it because we have like five sayings like the story is life i'm pretty sure they're gonna pick the one that says that um i'm a pain in the ass or something because it's one of the things that they say i'm pretty sure that one's gonna get picked so that it's on me forever um but yeah they're gonna the, the backers are gonna be able to vote on what it's gonna say so i don't know how long it'll take to get 500 backers but that is that is one of the the tattoos so it's gonna be a tattoo of literary art so i have to go to this convention now because we're actually going to chattanooga on sunday so uh, i have to find out when this is do you, you don't know what around what month it is do you? um now literary ink convention um uh i just I, it might have already passed but the next one is in july of next year so i mean if you just look it up and yeah I'll look it up see what's going on i'm not sure but yeah they have it there and i wanted to go at first but then COVID happened and then it's just other things happened where i couldn't go how, anymore, how so. far are you from chattanooga um i mean i don't i don't know how many states over but i'm pretty far. I mean, maryland so i don't know how many states over that's like what two that's about two, two states down because yeah. West Virginia, Pennsylvania, West, West Virginia, I think it's like right underneath. It's not too oh, far, a couple of hours, yeah. Yeah, it's not, I mean, it's not too far, yeah, but. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, I, you said, you mentioned, you know, Knoxville and Tennessee. I was like, oh, I know that convention in Tennessee, so. Yeah, no, I'm definitely gonna look that up because I don't even know half the things that they'll just suddenly pop up. Like, I didn't even know there was a horror con in September, except for like a month ago. And I look up horror cons all the time. All of a sudden, like, oh, it's a Smoky Mountain Horror Fest or something. I was like, what? Since when? So I got it. I did get a table for that. Um, but yeah, no, I want to check that out. Because like I said, I'd rather attend them. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so, it's probably best if just attend it first. And then if you like the vibe of it, then you yeah, can. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Awesome. Thank you. Oh, no problem. Well, um, again, I want to thank one of the creators and writers behind the comic series, Worthy Chaos, Carissa Grant, for joining us here today. To promote the launch of issue six, all of Carissa's socials and website will be listed in this episode's details, alongside the Kickstarter link for those who are interested. Again, I'm KS Garner, and you've been listening to the Solo Numbered Podcast. Thank you. Thanks. 